The Tennis Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast now are presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Reichel, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Jacob. And together, we're going to talk about the final in ATP Montreal, which has been a very, very fun tournament and a couple of crazy three-set matches yesterday. But first of all, introductions, Sam. How's it going with you? How have you enjoyed the last couple of days of the tournament? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of turnarounds. Um, great Cinderella run by Karina Busta, who I mentioned in that early podcast when we were first previewing. So I got to look back and see what odds I got on that one. It was 25 but to 1. 25 to 1 to win the tournament? Uh, not to win the tournament. You have to win the quarter of 25 to 1. Oh, it's over then. I already cashed that one, which is pretty wild. I mean, 25 to 1 there, so I can't complain too much. Um, and then uh, the locks and the dogs for last uh, last uh, podcast hit both of them. So I had the lock of Auger on the money line winning that match. He won in two, which I also mentioned. And then I had the over two and a half sets, Ramos, Vignolos, Hercots. I believe that was plus 155. Cash that one as well. Hercots obviously pulled through because he's in this final, but uh, not so bad. Not so bad at all. Yeah, for me, it was a pretty mediocre week. I had a lot of money on Busta in his match against Draper, so I made a lot of money off podcast. But for the actual show, I had two main outrights that were still alive for the quarters. I had Agut at 7-1, to one, and I also had Chilich, and they both died. And on top of that, I had Agut as my dog at even money. Uh, anytime you lose a three-setter, which was a war, and the second set, when you're up the first set, you lose in a breaker is pretty rough. But it was a hell of a match against Rude. He couldn't pull it off, but that was still a very good dog price, in my opinion. Didn't work out, but I did hit the lock. I had Busta to win at least one set against Sinner, and he won in straight sets. So I ended up splitting. You swept, and you also hit the 25-1 to one quarter shot there with Busta. So besides that, time to actually talk about the last couple of days individually for the matches. And I'd say the final that we got with Herkaz and Karina was not the final that people were anticipating. And I'm sure if you could actually bet, I didn't have the odds on it, but if you were able to bet specific finals matchups when the tournament started, I got to assume Herkaz Busta was like, I don't even know, 300 to one, 400 to one. I don't know what the hell the price would have been. Something crazy. But I, I was going to ask you, are you more surprised about Busta getting here or more surprised about Hercast? Um, I would have to say Busta. Uh, he, he ended up getting a nice draw towards the end of the tournament. But if I'm looking back from the beginning of it, I got to say Busta. Hercast has the ability to take on these big guys and pull off wins. Yes, he had a nice, um, uh, tough match against Kyrgios and Rude. But when when it comes to class and quality of tennis, Herkots is the better player and seems like he could get into further rounds in tournaments like these. So I'm going to go with Karina Busta with that question. I think I'd agree because the actual strength of competition was significantly harder in the early stages for Karina Busta. Now, I know that Berrettini had not played 
since before Wimbledon because of the COVID situation. But he beat Berrettini, who's a top 15 player in the world. He beat Rune, who's a top 26 player in the world. And he beat Sinner, who is a future top five player in the world without dropping a set. So you beat those three guys to start your tournament. Then you face off against Draper, qualifier Cinderella run. Okay. And then you face off against Dan Evans. And Evans has been playing very well. Uh, He had a very nice, very fun to watch three set match against Tommy Paul in the previous round. And Busta got the job done there. But you look at Herkaz's schedule by comparison. It wasn't easy, but when you face off against Rusevuri and Ramos Vinolas, I can't compare that to Berrettini, Rune, and Sinner. I mean, that's not even close. It's on the same ballpark. And yes, he did beat Kyrgios. Good win there. Kyrgios seemed to completely run out of gas after that second set because he's played so many matches recently with DC and DC doubles and now playing Montreal. So Herkaz had a less than 100% Kyrgios. And then he beat Rude, a very nice win there. But I agree with you. I simply put, think that Busta had the much harder schedule. So I think that he's the more surprising option. Right. And yeah, when we look back at how much really destruction there was early on in the tournament with Alcaraz losing and Tsitsipas losing, um, it's, it's surprising to see these two guys. But after that, it's not as surprising. Yeah, but I was going to talk briefly about the matches from yesterday. Mostly my takeaways. There's been some insane matches in this tournament. I'm talking about like best matches of the year candidates. And I could think of about three on the top of my head just immediately from this tournament alone. Tommy Paul was in two of them. You had Tommy Paul beating Alcaraz in that first round, just a lunacy match. Then you had the three-setter between Evans and Paul which was also crazy. And then you had yesterday's match of Evans Busta. I thought the Herkaz rude match was good as well, but the quality of tennis for those two sets, the first two sets of Busta Evans was just otherworldly. And Evans eventually ran out of gas and he got smoked in the third set six, two, but Busta, when he stays healthy, man, this guy's a force to be reckoned with. And after I took so I, I took some of the winnings that I had from Busta over Draper and I put it on Busta to win the U.S. Open. And I'll admit it, I got 200 to 1. And I think that price is extremely ridiculous. I'll just go briefly on some thoughts there and you can just let me know if I'm an idiot or if that makes sense. But 200 to 1 for a two time U.S. Open semifinalist that is clearly playing some of the best tennis of his life in the past week and change. We know hard courts is most uh, preferred surface and Djokovic. There has been some recent developments going on with Djokovic in the U S open. So there was actually, I'd say a foot in the door for Djokovic to play, but he's still up against it right now, but there's a little bit of an opening with the U S relaxing some of its COVID policies, But as of right now, Djokovic can't play. So I factored that in. What are your thoughts on Busta 200 to 1 to win the U.S. Open? Well, you had you were able to find some discrepancy there in the in the books, right? I mean, one book. Yeah. So that's a whole separate story. One book had 130 to 1. Another book had 150 to 1. I found 200 to 1. And one book had 33 to 1. 
Yeah, that's that. Those are huge differences there, and him making this Montreal final and getting him at two hundred to one with Djokovic and maybe probably not playing. We'll see. Is I mean that's just huge odds for a guy like this at the at this moment. So um, I'm not going to fall to you. Obviously, it's gonna, he's gonna, it's going to be tough for him to uh, win those three out of five set matches. But at two hundred to one, that's that's value. And the fact that he made the semis twice, I think, is definitely a nice bonus prize for me because I like them on the current form. But since he's already been making deep runs in three out of five U.S. Opens before uh, in terms of sets, I do think that could de- help prove once again, as, we see, as we've seen recently, Busa's stamina is just off the charts. And I think that he can wear down the opposition over the course of uh, three out of five matches for over a week or so, but I was just something that I ended up having. I threw it in there, especially since I took some of my winnings on boost and I just rolled it over into it, but I was interested in that one. I was going to ask you though, about any of the takeaways you had for the last couple of days. Were you, I'd say surprised at all that Root ended up losing to her Were you surprised that Evans lost to Busta or were these the two people you thought that would make it into the final when you saw the semifinal matchups? Uh, yeah, that, those semifinal matchups, so specifically looking at Hercots and Rude, that was a really, really tough match for Hercots. He ended up pulling through easily at the end there. But I actually Rude, liked Rude in that one, to be honest. Yeah, Rude played some really, really good matches um, in this tournament. was able to beat Auger very easily. That was a murder. 6-1, 6-2. I yeah. mean, Auger broke immediately, and then Rude just won six straight games to win the set. And Rude also had to beat Bautista Agu, which is a tough match for him. Um, so that was a really tough match for Hercots, but he's a guy that also holds his stamina very, very, very well. So um, I'm not so too. I'm not surprised that he was able to pull it out. Karina Busta either. Karina Busta's class is a little bit higher than Dan Evans at this point. Dan Evans definitely could make it a match, which he did. But I was expecting Karina Busta to pull through. I'm not sure. You tell me how how was Karina Busta's movements towards the end of that match? It's fantastic. At no point did he look like he was really slowing down at all, and that's why he was able to end up uh, winning the the third set easily. The overall second set, the first set was great. Boostus had a bit of an issue closing out sets while serving, though. He was serving at 5-4 and got broken, and then broke back immediately at 5-5 and won the set 7-5. The second set was some of the best tennis I've seen all year. It was over an hour of just endlessly long rallies it was something else it was one of the best sets i've seen since one of the medvedev nadal sets or anything like that like it was next level class and then you saw evans end up winning the breaker and then the third set started busta had a couple deuces on his service games early on and then busta broke evans i believe it was at 2-2 i think and after that, it was an absolute rout. Busta just put the pedal to the metal, and Evans was completely cooked. Evans looked a lot like Draper in that second set against Busta the previous round, where Draper lost in a breaker, and the second set, he got broken immediately. He got cooked. He lost 6-1. He couldn't move. And Busta's still running around like a lunatic because he has endless stamina. It was kind of the same thing with Evans. Uh, it was 2-2, and then Busta held serve for 3-2, Broke him at 4-2, 
and then did not lose a game. He, he uh, Busta won the final, uh, what was it? The final 13 points of the match. Uh, he won. He won the final. Actually, uh, no, sorry. He won the final twelve points of the match. He was down uh, fifteen love on Evans' service game. Won the next four points, then won the four points on a service game, and then won the four points in the return game. So Evans was absolutely fried, but Busta looked amazing in terms of movement. And the craziest part, the funniest part of this of this whole situation, was that Evans right after losing in three sets where he could not move, had to play doubles an hour later. And he won the doubles match. He actually came back and won the doubles match. And I feel like stamina is going to be interesting because Evan's opponent in that doubles match was actually Herkaz. Mm-hmm. So Herkaz had a late doubles match and now has to play tomorrow. I don't know how the stamina is going to fare for both players. We're going to talk about the odds in a second. But I definitely found that fascinating with regard to factoring in how Evans ran out of gas down the stretch in the final three games of the third set. And Herkaz, who got to play in the early match, looked sharp in the final two sets against Rude, but then had to come back for doubles later. I don't think doubles is going to kill a stamina that much because doubles, for the most part, if you're at the net, you're going to stand at the net. You're not going to move most of the time. But I do think it's interesting looking at potential fatigue for both sides. Yeah, if you want to know something interesting also, uh, Karina Booster is playing, or well, scheduled to play, I doubt it's going to happen, doubles in Cincinnati at 10 a.m. on Monday. But uh, we'll see about that. But the reason why I brought up the movement is because I know we were both watching that Draper match. Draper it's, was dead. Draper was definitely not moving well and Karina Busta was trying to just hit it on opposite side of the opposite side of the court as much as possible and make Draper run and he was able to win the points. But I saw Karina Busta slowing down a little bit, I think, in that second set. Uh he wasn't able to hit as many winners, as big, strong forehands as he was in the first set from what I saw. So he was really keeping it in play and then just trying to get Draper to be running around and was able to get the breaks based off Draper's lack of uh, movement and his fatigue. So that's why I asked about it. I, I thought Karina Boost a little bit lost a little, little step there, but yeah, he ended up winning a 6-1, so I'm not going to really uh, challenge him too much on that. Yeah, but for the movement, I thought Karina Boost looked great. Of course, on occasion, you might have a bad game or so. But as a whole, Busta really didn't look like he lost that much in terms of his movement, at least compared to his opponent. Evans was completely just gassed. He had his hands on his knees after every point. He couldn't really do anything. Busta was just chilling. So I thought I was very impressed there. But we're actually going to talk about some of the odds and our thoughts on the actual final. But before we do that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time for new customers to join because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet for their reduced juice in baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to Sports Gambling Podcast. Podcast.com slash winbet 
so they know we sent you. That's Sports Gambling Podcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. On this podcast, I've mentioned time and time again the importance of shopping your lines. And while it might be annoying to pull up several books to find the best line available for you, it takes a lot of effort. And luckily for us, Odds Trader does the work for you because Odds Trader is the perfect place to compare odds from all the major sports books in one central location. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal when you initially sign up. The app provides you with player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker feature so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all of your game day bets. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We just recapped how we got up to the final in Montreal. Now it's time to actually break down the final itself. You have Herkaz taking on Karenia Busta. And Herkaz is a pretty big favorite here, which might surprise some people. Herkaz is around minus 210, and Busta is around plus 155 or so the other way. Sam, I'm going to start off with you. Uh, by the way, for the record, the total in this one, the over-under is 22.5, minus 110 on both sides. Uh, Sam, I am going to start with you, though. Actually, Herkaz at some books is minus 210, other books minus 180 or minus 170, so shop around. But I'm going to ask you, first things first, are you surprised that Herkaz is this big of a favorite? Uh, minus 210, I think, is a little bit too much. Minus 170 or minus 180 yeah. seems a little bit more fair, in my I, opinion. I think 210 is one book trying to pull a fast one because it's plus 150 on the other end. So we'll that's we'll go lot. with 180. We'll go with 180 for the sake of this. Yeah, that's a lot of juice there. And I also see the spread at minus two and a half, minus 120. It could be different if you shop around, uh, if you're going for that. But um, it's it's going to be interesting to see because Hercuts has played every single match uh, three sets. So he played Rusevori, won three sets. Uh, Ramos Vignola's three sets, Kyrgios three sets, Rude three sets, but it doesn't seem like the stamina really is dropping too much with him um, being able to win that second set and third set against Rude, which is very impressive after playing three matches in a row, going to three sets. So, in my opinion, I don't think fatigue is going to be too much of a factor. Uh, Karina Busta also, I'm just going to put them at a level, a level playing field. But I do think Hercots really has the edge in, in this match. I think he'll be more fresh and have the ability to last longer in the match, given that it goes maybe three sets. I think Hercots would be able to pull it off. But one of the statistics I'm really looking at is how their performances are in finals when they reach the finals of any tournament. And Karina Busta, I see, is 6-5 and five in finals. So he's won six uh, tournaments and lost uh, become uh, a runner-up in five of them. But when Hercots makes the finals of any tournament, he's five and zero. He's never lost. So um, given given that fact, 
Uh, I think that Hercats will be able to pull through here and be able to hold his stamina and, or fatigue and be able to beat Karina Busta also in a deciding set if it goes three sets. That's actually very close statistic. Karina Busta, 46.6% winner, and uh, Hercats is 47% winner. But I just think Hercats might have a little bit more juice in the tank and more... Um, more will maybe even not losing a finals match ever in his life. So. so for me, I'm looking at the head to head and there was one meeting in 2015 on clay. I'm tossing in the garbage. They had two meetings last year on hard court. One was indoor. One was outdoor in indoor hard court. Herc has one seven, six, six, three. They played at uh, Cincinnati, which is actually the tournament coming up next week last year. And Karenia Busta won that one seven six seven six. So I think this match is going to be extremely close. I don't think that Herkaz is going to show up and blow Busta just out. I think this is going to potentially go three sets. But I think I have to look towards the over in this match, especially since, as I just stated off the recent hardcore head-to-head matchups, three of the four sets went to a tiebreak. I think you might get a tiebreak or there's a decent chance you will get a tie break in this actual match. And from what we've seen from these players, Herkaz has had a tie break in uh, one, two, in three of the first four uh, matches in the tournament, he's had a tie break. And the one exception was rude. And the first set was seven, five. So there's been a lot of games and individual sets for Herkaz. Meanwhile, for Busta, it's a bit of a different story. He absolutely dominated the first couple rounds did have a breaker against Draper and then had a breaker against Evans along with a 7-5. But 22 and a half games seems a little bit low to me since we have seen three breakers in the last four sets between these two guys. I'm going with the over. I think that this is going to be a long match, a grinded out affair. I'm going with the over, I think, as my favorite play in this actual matchup. But the spread is two and a half. The spread has me torn because Busta's made a deep run, he has not really faced many great servers. He faced Berrettini in the first round, but Berrettini hadn't played in a while. So I wonder how much fatigue was going to play a factor. Sinner is a decent server. I think he's pretty good, but he's a little bit streaky at times. And from what I remember, Sinner was not serving well at all in that match. Sinner, uh, first serve percent in that match, 50%. So he couldn't hit a first serve in to save his life, and I think that was definitely a big reason why. Herkaz, we know, is a very good server, and I wonder if Boost is going to struggle at times to fully solve Herkaz's serve. And as a result, I am concerned a little bit about the spread for Busta because I think Herkaz is capable of winning a set 6-3 or 6-2, maybe a couple of breaks in there, and I'm not sure if Busta is going to be able to break more than once in any given set. But I think my favorite play for this match is going to be the over. you have any thoughts on the total? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I think it's going to be a grinded out match. Even if it does go two sets, you have a good shot at a tie break, like you said. So um, you have the the two set with the tie break, 6-4 draw, or you have the three set where you automatically win pretty much as well. So um, I'm definitely going, if I'm going for a side on the total, I'm going for the over 22 and a half as well. As for the side, truth is, I thought about it before you told me Herkaz was undefeated in finals, which is kind of wild. But I think I'm going to go with Busta in this one because I texted you about two days ago 
that Busta was plus 800 to win the tournament. And it was before Kyrgios lost. It was before Kyrgios' matchup against Herkaz. And from watching Busta against Sinner, I just thought he was going to win the tournament. He just looked like he was significantly more dialed in than everyone else. And even though Herkaz did win in three against Rude, I really didn't think Herkaz looked great. I thought he looked pretty good, but it seemed like Rude's level completely fell off after that first set. And I'm a little bit concerned about Busta and his ability to maintain a high level of play for two, three plus hours. And I'm concerned about that for Herkaz because I don't think that Busta's level is going to waver the same way that Rude's did in the second and third sets. But you're going with Herkaz for the money line? Uh, yeah, for, uh, yeah. picking on the money line, I'm going for Herkaz. I, I, I think the uh, the speed of the serving on the Herkaz side yeah. is just going to be pretty dominant compared to Karina Busta. Um, Herkaz's ace percentage is around 11.1% compared to Karina Busta's 5.1%. So I think Herkaz will be able to see a lot more breakpoints. Uh, and I think that will take him to the championships to the title. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going for her cuts. And for the actual spread, are you willing to lay the two and a half with her or leaning Busta or no chance in hell you play this at all? Cause I'm not touching the spread to save. I'm not touching the spread at all. Um, I'm going to the side of her cuts for the spread here. Uh, yes. Her cuts has dropped a set in each one of these, but in each one of these matches, he's also been able to cover the spread of minus two and a half. So uh, he's been able to do it easily with these six two six three winning in the, in the sets. So if he's able to pull off even one set where he does win six two or six three, he shouldn't really have a problem, in my opinion, covering the spread. But it all it all depends on if he's able to serve as well as we as he should. Um, I mentioned the serve, the uh, ace percentage. Uh, before, but I think Hercats has more of an ability to take ma- take sets to six three, six two, or six one, even like we saw against Kyrgios, um, and then be able to cover the spread. Whereas Karina Boost at the plus two and a half scares scares me if Hercats is able to do that. So I'm going with the minus two and a half. And I am going to ask you for some fun props and your thoughts on them. Love it. I'm, lo- I'm looking for the specific score for the first set. I found the actual winner of the first set with the score. I was hoping to just find the actual score, or in other words, potential tie break in the first set. And from what I've seen so far, just pulling it up, um, I found Herkaz to win the first set via tie break at 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. I found Karenia Busta to win the first set by tie break at 7-1. Uh, to one. I'm shopping around to see if I can find a better line there or even just a tiebreaker in the first set. Uh, tiebreaker first set is plus 310 just for any tiebreaker to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's basically the same odds here. A Herkaz tiebreak winner first set is plus 625. And Karenia Busta first set tiebreak winner is plus 750. You have any thoughts on either of those? No, that's uh, it's, that's too much for me. I, I I can't back it that much uh, for the tie break in the first set. Uh, you you just never know. Uh, I'm gonna stay away from those, even though you do get a nice plus money. Yeah, I was throwing it out there because I said before three of the last four sets on hardcore between them did go to a tie break. So I I was throwing it out there. If you do want the breaker in the first set, regardless of winner, you could get the breaker to take place at plus three ten. Mm-hmm. And that's you. An 
you mentioned a prop. Uh, so you had some breaking props. Yes, I was going to get into that now. Uh, there are props available at some books for how many breaks of serve the player is going to get as a returner. So Karenia Busta to break Herkaz's serve over one and a half is minus 160. Under one and a half is plus 130. And Herkaz to break Busta's serve over two and a half is minus 140. Under two and a half is plus 110. Any of those interest you? Um, I, I hate to see the minus 160 there. It's, uh, that's so brutal. Yeah, that's that's the tough spot. spot uh, part about that i would take it probably if it was a little bit less juice i think you probably can break it maybe two times um so that would hit the over there but the minus 160 is absolutely uh brutal on on that end uh let me check how many how many times did dan evans break carino last match was it uh two times over two and a half you said it was minus 140 uh so turk has to break boost to serve three times or more is minus 140. Yeah, that's tough on the juice. That's tough on the juice. Um, I would I would like to, if I had one of the sides, I, I'd pick the over one and a half just because um, you get that extra break in there. You only need two, and they both have such heavy juice. So if I'm going for one of them, I'm going with the Karina Booster side. Okay. And I am going to ask, though, since you do like Herkaz, we're going to get into and Dog in a second. But are you tempted at all by Herkes straight sets at around like plus 140, plus 150? Or you just prefer the money line or the spread and that's it? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I probably, if I'm going someplace here, it's probably at the spread at minus two and a half. Uh, you just never know if it goes into a tie break. And if it goes into a tie break uh, and Carreno's, it's a coin flip at that point, yeah. you know, and Carino could pull it out. And then if Herkatz is able to win the match, then you probably could cover the minus two and a half where to nothing, you're screwed already. You also have total games. First of all, I forgot to mention there is total breaks just in general over under four and a half at minus one fifteen. That is a lot of fun. So it doesn't matter if one player breaks five times it, as long as there's five breaks in the match as a whole then that goes over. But do you have any thoughts on the four and a half total breaks? Yeah, I would go for the over there. Um, if, if I'm going for any any pick of the breaks, uh, when Karina Busse played when he played Evans yesterday, uh, there was four, five. He broke five six, times. Seven, seven breaks. Yeah, Busta broke five and Evans broke two. Seven breaks in that match. And then when you look at the Hercat side versus uh, Rude, Let's see what the total breaks was there, in that There were a match. bunch of breaks in that one. Uh, one moment. Pull it up. There was, was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I yep. thought it was eight. Yeah, okay. So if I'm going for anything on the breaks, I would be going for that over. You said four and a half, right? Yeah, four and a half and minus yeah. 115 both sides. Oh, minus 115. I thought you said minus 150. No, 115 on both sides. Uh, easily, if I'm taking a prop on breaks, it's that one. I actually like that one for over four and a half minus 115. And I also was going to say, if you like Herkaz, uh, before I went back to the breaks prop, you could take their individual player games and Herkaz over 12 and a half personal games is minus 125. Under 12 and a half is minus 105. Yeah, I'm sticking for any of those without the breaks props. I'm sticking with the um, spread or the over 
in, in this match. Uh, it's like, I, I just can't do it when there's a chance of the tie break, and then you're pretty much screwed at that point if you think Herkaz is going to win, which I do. Well, you could argue, though, that Herkaz, though, could go over the 12 and a half because if he just wins the first set 7-6, then you basically just have either the money line or even a competitive set. I mean... Oh, yeah, if you're looking at the over, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, there's, no, there's no way that I would consider taking the Herkaz under and I'm still leaning to boost it in the match. I don't think there's any value on it. I didn't say boost is going to come out and smack. Like, I think it's going to be a very tough match. So I'm looking at the over maybe for both players. Boost is a flat 12 at minus 120. So even in a straight sets win, you're free rolling basically for a breaker or a 7-5. But that Herkaz 12 and a half over does look kind of tempting. Yeah, I can understand that. The 12 is also not so bad if you think Carreno is going to be able to stick in there. You never know if a 7-6, 7-6 comes and you're able to push that and then, you know, everything's all good. It's like it never happened. Yeah, pretty much. But either way, anything else you want to add for this actual match or for the tournament or should we just move on to the lock and dog segment? Is it lock and dog or is it just going to be a play of the day? Uh, we. It's. I'll tell you what. I'll leave it open for lock and dog, but instead we can just do... A lock, and we'll go from there. Does that work? Does that work? Yeah. Cool. So we're going to continue with our favorite play lock dog segment thingy right after a word from our sponsors. We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game more important. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our annual SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. It is free to enter and there are tons of amazing prizes that will be announced soon hop in now to reserve your spot get in over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor we're also brought to you by sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably have a fantasy league on there i use it for mine and they also just passed four million users and now you could win money on sleeper by playing their new over under game First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. And with the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. The main reason why I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I could join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I could see and copy my friend's pick with just the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group at uh, on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions of See Sleeper's terms of use for details. 
Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private information to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, on computers, tablets, phones, even fire stick devices while streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. Plus, IP Vanish has a great deal in place. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months absolutely free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We just previewed the final. Now it's time to get into our favorite plays for the ATP Montreal final. Sam, I said favorite plays because there's one match and we're not fully sure if we're doing a lock and a dog. I'm going to leave it up to us individually. I'm going to let you go first. What is your lock since I know you have one of those? I've got both. I got both plays for the for the fans out there, for the listeners. I got both for you guys. And for my lock, though, I'm going to start off. It's going to be an alternative spread, and it's going to be a little juice. It's going to be Hurricanes minus one and a half at minus 150. If anyone's complaining about that value, I just hit a plus 2,500, so you can fuck off. But <laughs> a minus one and a half, <laughs> minus one and a half here. I think Hurricanes is going to be able to pull through in this match. His serving is better than Karina Bustas. Uh, he has been able to pull off six threes, six twos, six ones in this tournament time and time again. And if he's able to win the match, which I think he is, I think he'll be able to cover this minus one and a half spread because he'll have more opportunities to break his service games. So um, I th- I'm going with the minus one and a half and minus 150, taking a little juice there instead of the minus two and a half and minus 115. But it is what it is at this point. And then for my dog. By the way, I found minus 145. Beautiful. I got minus 145. Anyone scared of the minus 150? I now have minus 145. So that is going to be my play. But my dog is going to be something we actually haven't mentioned, but the total games in the first set. And I'm going to go with an over 10.5 at plus 200. Okay. I get both a tie break and a 7 5 opportunity. If you take a look at Karina Busta's recent matches, Play Evans, hit 7-5. The next set was 7-6, too. Uh, and then Draper, first set, was also 7-6. Before that, he really ran through the rest of the players. But and he was serving for the set in both matches and choked it. Yeah, he, yeah, he did that in um, against Draper. Yeah. We, we wanted him to uh, break, uh, just hold the service so we could get that 6-4 in there, but couldn't do it. I won, I won the bet anyway, but for the sake of the first set, he's had a hard time holding 
uh, to close out the first set, especially recently. Right. And then you look at um, Hercats' side in the first set. You have a 7-5 against Rude. You have a 7-6 against Kyrgios. And you have a 7-6 against Ramos Vignolos. So I think it, uh, at first set, over 10.5 with value like plus 200 is actually a pretty good dog play to, for tomorrow's match. Okay, I mentioned the tiebreaker first set, so I like indirectly discussed it without actually discussing the game number. But yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense. As for me, I'm going to go with the total in this one. I'm going to go with the over, 22 and a half. I think you're going to get one breaker in this individual, either the first set or the second set, or maybe even both. But I think you're going to see a war. Both players you can make a fatigue argument for. Herc has been serving very well. But Karina Busta's strokes have looked so fluid throughout this entire week. And I do think that he has enough energy and enough stamina to potentially wear Herkaz down after maybe a bit of a slow start. So I do think the 22 and a half game is a little bit low. I'm going to take the over there. 7664 gets you home. That's good enough for me. So I'm going to take the over 22 and a half games as my lock. And for my dog. It's going to be basically the exact same play, but with a much bigger plus price. I'm going to take over two and a half sets at plus 160. I see a war. Herkes has dropped a set to everybody that he's played against. He's managed to get through it. Busta, we've seen, finally lose a set in this match. He had not lost a set before that. But we've seen a lot of breakers. Herkes is decent in breakers because he has a good serve. But I do think that you're going to see a war between these two guys, which is why... I had a harder time picking a side than you did. I understand your angle. Herc has his undefeated in finals. That's very tough to go against. But I could really see this match going either way. So I'm going to let that play in my favor. I'm going to go with the over 22 and a half games as my lock and the over two and a half sets at plus 160 as my dog. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I just want to mention why I would take the minus one and a half instead of the money line here. Uh, even though the minus one and a half is minus 145 and the money line is just minus 185. There is an opportunity where if this goes 7-6-6-2 for her cut, 7-6 Karina Busta, and then 7-6 again Karina Busta, you still cover the minus one and yeah. a half spread even if he loses the match. And this is very important when it comes to tie breaks because that's where it really becomes a coin flip um, in that kind of scenario. Um, and like I said before, her cats will have the better, more opportunities to break Karina Busta. So if you have a result like that, you still will hit the minus one and a half. Yep, uh, definitely true. But either way, I know we're going to be back again some point, probably either Sunday or Monday, because Cincinnati is a big tournament, too, and we're going to have to cover that. So you should hear from us again at some point, probably within a day or so. But uh, anything else you want to wrap up? Where can the people find you? Uh, you'll always find me here on this podcast. Um, and then you'll also find me on Twitter at Sam Jacob Tennis. I've been killing it on that on the uh, lock and dogs. Hit the plus twenty five hundred on Karina Busta. I believe you tweeted. Lock, I believe you dog. tweeted something for the tournament earlier on with Draper against Sitsipas, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. I also yeah, I also tweeted out before the match even started that Sitsipas was going to come in flat. And that the change of surface is going to be a really big deal for him. And it absolutely was. Draper was able to uh, finish him off pretty easily. Tsitsipas was really uh, hitting some unforced errors like I've never yeah. seen before. But 
well, I've seen it before, but he really was hitting some unforced errors that he shouldn't have been. So I, I've been I've been on a hot streak. If there's a time to take back me, it's now. So at Sam Jacob Tennis uh, to see any updates if I haven't mentioned on this podcast. Yep, Sam post bonus plays there. So if you want more tennis action, check him out. I actually looked into it. Sitsi Pasa's record against lefties on <laughs> non-clay courts is actually atrocious. He is awful against lefties, <laughs> mostly because of the high bounce with regard to the backhand. So that's a big reason why I actually looked into it. That's kind of a reason why. Uh, other than that, though, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. I just recorded a WNBA podcast. We have the playoffs coming up. Stay tuned for that. We have an NFL podcast starting next week, which I'm going to be a part of, which is a lot of fun. Besides that, still doing a lot of stuff. Well, we got the tennis podcast, of course, guest appearing on the PropCast. Uh, we got the NBA podcast, which I co-host, which should be back at some point. Keep them busy. A lot, a lot of action. But I do want to call out all of the listeners for a second because I'm going to issue a challenge to all of you. Review the podcast. We've been doing this podcast for over a month. I believe it's around two months, I think. We have not really gotten any reviews. If you like the podcast, let us know. If you hate the podcast, let us know. Reach 25. We can handle some criticism. You know, it's no big deal. But let us know. Send us a review and let us know if you like the podcast or if there's anything you want us to tweak. We just would like some feedback moving forward. But yeah, so some some positive suggestions, some negative suggestions, whatever type of suggestions whatever. you want to put out there. If you're bored at work it. and you want someone to talk to, just throw it in. Do, do anything you want. Just send us some feedback and I don't know. We'll go from there. But that is something I wanted to include that I forgot to mention last episode. Once again, though, we will be back at some point, either in a day or two, to go through Cincinnati because that's the final tune-up tournament for the U.S. Open. But until then, good luck to all of you and all your bets. Bye, everyone.